Deepfakes are phony videos of real people generated by artificial intelligence software to undermine our trust. These days, deepfakes are so realistic that experts worry about what they'll do to news and democracy. We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time. It was all looking pretty hopeless until a counterforce came together made up of Adobe and Microsoft and 900 of their closest corporate friends. I'm David Pogue, and this is Unsung Science. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Season 2, Episode 6, Deepfakes, Big Tech Fights Back. If you were online in 2021, there's a good chance you saw one of those viral Tom Cruise deepfakes. I'm going to show you some magic. It's the real thing. I mean, it's a little dumb that I'm playing that for you because what you heard there is not actually computer-generated. So far, most deepfakes are AI-generated fake videos. And in that Tom Cruise deepfake, the voice isn't synthetic. The Tom Cruise voice there is an actor. I mean, a, a different actor, not Tom Cruise the actor. I really hope this makes sense. Anyway... If you had the good taste to listen to season one of Unsung Science, you may remember an episode about the rise of voice deepfakes. Here, for example, is a synthetic rendition of me, which we used to close out that episode. Well, in the end, voice synthesis is just another technology. What happens from here isn't about the tool. It's about whoever's wielding it. Now that's what I call a deepfake. Get it? David Pogue, DP, my initials, DP fake. Sounds kind of like deep fake. No? Okay. Anyway, now, so far, most of the deep fake videos we've seen have clearly been intended for entertainment purposes. There was the Obama one. Now, 
You see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address. A lot of Donald Trump ones. No doubt I was going to win. No one was against me. The entire country's with me, I have to tell you. It's tremendous. Here's a decent Morgan Freeman. What is your perception of reality? Is it the ability to capture, process, and make sense of the information our senses receive? Those are all just stunts, just for fun. But every now and then, somebody makes a deep fake that's really meant to trick us, usually for political reasons. For example, there was a deep fake of Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, where he called on his armed forces to lay down their arms and surrender to Russia. And there was the time someone slowed down a video of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi by 25% to make it look like she was drunk. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. Of course, that one wasn't technically a deep fake. No new audio or video was generated. No AI was involved. But it was manipulated video designed to mislead us for political goals. As this Microsoft YouTube video points out, Advances in computer graphics and machine learning have led to the general availability of easy-to-use tools for modifying and synthesizing media. And that threatens to cast a doubt on the veracity of all media. At what point do we question everything we see and hear? Okay, so why don't we just get a bunch of big tech geniuses together to write software that can detect when a video is fake and flag it for us? Oh, trust me, they've tried. Adobe, Facebook, MIT, Microsoft, the Department of Defense, and many others have tried to create deepfake detection software, and none of them really worked. At one point, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, and a bunch of researchers collaborated on a deepfake detection challenge where they gave away a million dollars to the winners of a contest to develop the best detection algorithm. The first place winner managed to guess real or fake correctly 65% of the time. Wow, man. And yeah, detection software will get better. Unfortunately, so will the deepfakes themselves. So we met with our image and AI scientists here, and we said, can we detect this automatically? This is Dana Rao, chief counsel and chief trust officer of Adobe. The problem is the technology to detect AI is developing, and the technology to edit AI is developing, and there's always going to be this horse race of which one wins. And it'd have to be at a 100% accuracy rate, or no one would believe it. And so we know that for a long-term perspective, AI is not going to be the answer. In other words, trying to write software that will detect a deepfake is hopeless. Sure, the detection software will get better, but meanwhile, the deepfake creating software will have gotten better, better, and on and on will go forever as trust erodes and democracy collapses. So I guess the bad guys win this time. Such a bummer. I'm David Pogue, and this is Unsung Science. Unsung Science with David Pogue is presented by Simon & Schuster and CBS News and produced by PRX Production. Psych! You didn't really think I'd leave you depressed like that, did you? No, this is not going to be another news item to bum you out. This, it turns out, is a good news story. It starts with Adobe's engineers suddenly having a eureka moment that it would not even try to detect deepfakes. 
And so we flipped the problem on its head. What we really need is to provide people a way to know what's true instead of trying to catch everything that's false. So you're not out to develop technology that can prove that something's a fake. This technology will prove that something's for real. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're trying to do. It is a lie detector for photos and videos. Here's Adobe's YouTube video about the idea. When a photojournalist captures an image, they can choose to preserve its key facts, like who shot it, where they were, and when it happened. Then, when the image appears on screens all around the world, its history moves with it. And if anything was changed along the way, everyone can see. Now, Adobe's a natural company to be worried about fake photos and videos. After all, they're responsible for selling some of the most popular tools for editing photos and videos, like Photoshop, Premiere, and After Effects. Adobe called its project the Content Authenticity Initiative, the CAI. But here's the twist. At the same time, unbeknownst to Adobe, right up the West Coast, another company was working away at the same problem with exactly the same approach. Before we start, would you spell and pronounce your name for our records? It's Eric Horvitz, and that's E-R-I-C-H-O-R-V as in Victor, I-T-Z, just two syllables to all the horror witches out there that want me to be different. (laughs) (laughs) And your chief scientific officer? Yes, of Microsoft. Horvitz is no stranger to tackling gigantic, ugly problems in the digital world. He is also the co-inventor of the email spam filter. You Um, are? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, back in 1998. Oh my gosh. He too had concluded that creating a deep fake detecting AI would turn into a futile arms race. It's kind of AI versus AI, neck and neck. You use them to create and to detect, and it'll never be a reliable way to win. In seeing the world going in that direction, I had to jump outside of AI for solutions. And I, I basically brought together several teams across Microsoft at the time to sit in front of whiteboards and figure out, like, how can we solve this problem? Is there a way out? What we came up with was a, a way to use cryptography, distributed databases, notions of signing uh, content to certify the source uh, and life history of a piece of media as it travels around, such that consumers will be able to see right away um, what's the source, origin, and history of edits to understand that a piece of content comes from whom it says it comes from, as opposed to having to guess. So attached to a picture or video is going to be this invisible certificate of authenticity and provenance. Is that a good way to describe it? Absolutely. Think about it as a certification that a trusted source of the information who published it certifies exactly what you're seeing. And if not, you can see who's changed it Microsoft refers to this invisible document as a manifest, as in manifest, the document that lists what's on a ship or who's on a plane. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to as the provenance of a photo or video, as in provenance, the document that lists who's owned a certain painting. Microsoft called its initiative Project Origin. We're forming a coalition of many institutions, including the BBC, the CBC Radio Canada, the New York Times, and Microsoft. We call this coalition Project Origin. So now we had two competing programs, Adobe with its Content Authenticity Initiative and Microsoft with its Project Origin. Well, that's just what we need. 
another format war. Like VHS Betamax, iPhone Android, PlayStation Xbox, Mac Windows, Coke Pepsi. Ah, but there's a delicious twist. See, neither company plans to make money from their inventions. I heard that from Adobe. This is an open standard. We founded this to be open so anyone can build this technology. We're not charging separately for it. No one is. This is something we're all doing to come together for the common good. And I heard that from Microsoft. Microsoft has a a long tradition of being very interested in not just technology, but socio-technical issues, the influence of technology on people and society. It's uh, part of what we view as a very deep responsibility. If chief scientific officer, I oversee a whole set of projects in the area of technical responsibility, including being responsible about advances in AI, artificial intelligence, and its influences on on organizations, on people, on society. And since this provenance business wasn't going to be a profit center for either company, they did something amazing. They decided to work together. Project Origin coming together with Content Authenticity Initiative, led by Adobe, bringing those teams together, forming a standards body uh, called C2PA, the Coalition for Content Provenance and Authenticity, generating a standard now being sucked in by all these companies who say, my tools will talk to that standard. What's really impressive is that you're mentioning media companies, New York Times, BBC, you're mentioning software companies, Microsoft, Adobe, who are in some realms competitors. You're saying that they all lay down their arms to work together on something to save democracy. We do see, I wouldn't say necessarily competitors, but uh, groups working together across the larger ecosystem. Okay, I'd like to insert a little diatribe here about novels. I hate it when writers give several of their characters names that start with the same letter. Like, across 500 pages, I'm supposed to remember who's Caleb, Calvin, Caden, and Cameron. Well, we're going to have a similar situation here. Adobe's coalition was called the Content Authenticity Initiative, And now the joint venture with Microsoft was to be called the Coalition for Content Provenance and Authenticity. And to make matters worse, the actual manifest, the data that describes the history of this photo and video is called, are you ready? Content credentials. Sigh. Anyway, Adobe's Dana Rao gave me a demo on his laptop to show me how it'll work. Imagine you're scrolling through your social feed, the inevitable cat picture, and you see something you're not quite sure of. Someone sent you a picture of uh, snowy pyramids, and they told you that the scientists found them in Antarctica. And that's not what your fifth grade teacher told you. So at this point, he's showing me a website that's very obviously Facebook, or rather very obviously supposed to look like Facebook. There's the familiar blue banner across the top, except that in this case, instead of saying Facebook, it says, my social feed. Ooh, clever. One of the posts shows a photo of what looks like the three famous Egyptian pyramids, except now they are covered in snow. When he mouses over the photo, we see a tiny icon appear in the upper right. It looks like a lowercase letter I, as in info, inside a little white circle. And so you click on this button, it'll be the content credentials, and you'll get this information. When he clicks it, a new window opens with the snowy pyramids in the middle and information panels on either side. So here you're going to be able to see on the left, 
the image that you clicked on, and then you're gonna see the original image there, and you're gonna see exactly on the left what edits were made. AI tools were used, there were color adjustments that were made, Photoshop was used. You're gonna see some information about when it was made and where it was made, in this case, uh, Cairo, Egypt, not Antarctica, shockingly. Now, the photo has a vertical divider splitting it in half. It's like an adjustable split screen showing the same photo before and after it was manipulated. He's dragging the slider left and right so I can see more or less of the original photo. And you're just gonna be able to take this slider and you're gonna be able to see the edits just like that. And people are still fighting today about whether or not that iconic shot of Neil Armstrong was true or not. So imagine you had content credentials there. It'd say Buzz Aldrin took it and it said it was taken in space and we wouldn't be having this debate anymore. <laughs> Dude, tell you what camera, right? The iPhone .001. (laughs) That's right. So that's Content Credentials, the future of the fight against deepfakes. It's brilliant, it's unfakeable, it's future-proof, and as I see it, it's hopelessly flawed in five different ways. We'll get to that after the break. Patience, Grasshopper. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, what we've established so far is that Microsoft and Adobe teamed up to ruin the lives of the dirtbags who create deepfakes. And the way they plan to do that is by invisibly embedding in every photo, video, and audio clip a manifest, a document that shows where this bit of media came from and how it's been changed en route to your screen. Seems like a rock-solid concept, except for the five little flaws I could see immediately. The first one that jumped out at me is this. That's great that Microsoft and Adobe are teaming up to make this happen. But there are a lot of players in a video's journey from the camera to your eyeballs. Like somebody shot it, then transferred it to their computer, and then edited it, and then posted it on Facebook. It then got cropped to fit TikTok and Instagram. It went viral. Then the New York Times posted it on its website. 
If this content credentials business is going to work, the manifest would have to remain attached to that video through the entire journey and remain attached every time someone re-encodes or reformats the video for another website or app. You'd have to get the camera maker involved, the editing software company, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, the news site, the social media site. But doesn't that mean that the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Twitter, and so on, would all have to be on board with this? Absolutely. We all have to come together to solve this. Still more to do. We're talking to everybody. Well, guess what? Getting every single company on board was exactly the strategy. Beginning in 2018, Adobe and Microsoft started approaching these companies one at a time. Companies like Qualcomm, who's a chip maker who makes chips that go into smartphones. Arm, also a chip maker making chips that go into smartphones. And then we have the Washington Post. We have USA Today. And Nikon, Canon, the Wall Street Journal, the BBC, Twitter. All told, 900 companies are involved so far, representing every conceivable piece of the pipeline from the camera to your retinas. Although, you know who's noticeably absent from the coalition? Facebook. Figures. So the newspapers and the media have been the most interested and excited about this. And I believe it's because this is based on transparency. What we want to get out of the business of is the governments or tech platforms being the arbiters of truth making those decisions of saying, you should believe this or you shouldn't believe this, rather than getting to that, we'll show you what happened, and then you decide. Okay, but I do have a second concern about all of this, and that is that the people who are trying to manipulate you aren't going to use the content credentials thing. They'll go right on creating fake videos and photos that just won't have the little content credentials button on them. So how does that help us? I asked Adobe's Dana Rao. And if that little button in the top right isn't there, then what do I conclude? You would say, I think this person may be trying to fool me. (laughs) The bad actors, they're not going to use this tool. They're going to make up something and they're going to doctor it. They're not going to show content credentials. They're just going to show you that finished product. And then you're going to have to say to yourself, why didn't they want to show me their work? Why didn't they want to show me what was real, what edits they made? Because if they didn't want to show that to you, maybe you shouldn't believe them. Microsoft's Eric Horvitz. So let's say it's five years from now and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a picture with a content credentials logo. I can click that. I can see who took the video or the picture. I can see how how it's been edited all the way back to where it came from the camera. But now let's say it's five years from now and I'm scrolling through Facebook and here's a picture of the president saying, I like to murder baby animals and that icon isn't there. So what should my reaction be? Um, I think immediate skepticism. And I want to be in that world. In other words, there will be videos that don't have the content credentials button, but at least you'll know not to put your trust in them. You won't click like or share or forward or get outraged unless you see something that does have the button. Okay, so here's the third obvious flaw. If I'm the bad guy, why can't I fake the manifest as well. Why can't I put a fake icon on my fake video? Well, the icon itself doesn't come from the video. It comes from uh, a pipeline that you might say is secretly or cryptographically embedded in the video in an indelible way. Can't I fake that? Just like they do phishing websites that look just like the Bank of America. We are very wary about various kinds of attacks of the whole model like that. And we design the technology so 
That is impossible. If we didn't do that, we'd be in the same hot water. Behind the scenes, content credentials involves a lot of complicated cryptographic shenanigans that would make your eyes glaze over if you majored in anything besides computer science. But in a Microsoft video for developers, distinguished engineer Paul England explains it like this. The final thing we need to do is to make sure that nobody else can make a manifest for the video that says it's something other than it is. And the way we do this is with something called a digital signature. A digital signature is, is very much like a handwritten signature, but sort of better. Handwritten signatures are meant to prove who wrote a particular document. A digital signature does exactly the same thing, but it's based on a cryptographic key. And as long as the publisher keeps that cryptographic key secret so no one else can get at it, then we know no way that somebody else could forge a digital signature for a manifest. As a handy bonus, the plan is to store the manifests on a public blockchain, a tamper-evident public database that anyone can examine. It's exactly the same trust mechanism that makes possible cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin just being used in a clever new way. Okay, potential flaw number four, that's all great for major websites. But what about us ordinary schmoes? We would like to be trusted too. So let's say that I'm not a journalist. I'm just somebody who pulls out my phone when there's a fight on a plane and I want to post it to Facebook. Um, I don't use any Adobe software. Am I able to be part of this chain? Absolutely. If you're using a smartphone and or a camera, one of the partners that are part of the content authenticity initiative who have implemented this technology into their phone or camera, you'll be able to select that button before you take that video to say, I want this captured. And once you capture it, you can publish it. Okay. Well, I look forward to the new generations of phones that have content credentials built into every photo and video they take. Well, what about objection number five, privacy? This is an opt-in solution. You choose whether or not you want to capture this. If you said, hey, I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing to this image, that's fine. On the other hand, if you're taking a, a really important newsworthy picture and you decide not to select it, you just have to understand that people may not believe that what you took was real. Will there be the opportunity for me to turn it on at the time I take the picture and then change my mind before I release it into the wild? You will be able to delete the content credentials. Yeah. So remember, content credentials is what we're calling the metadata that gets associated with the image that goes along with it. And you can choose to say, no, I changed my mind. I don't want to do it anymore. And it won't go travel with it. And people will just look at the image and they'll just not know what happened to it. I've been trying to avoid the nerd out term metadata, but it's going to be hard to avoid in this discussion. Metadata refers to the invisible data that's attached to every photo, video, and audio recording like the time and date you captured it, or where. That metadata tells your Photos app how to sort your pictures chronologically, or by location, for example. And content credentials, as it turns out, are just a glorified new kind of metadata. What we're adding, which is, is important, is we're adding the edits that you made to the image. So you're gonna be able to see what did they do to that image? Did they change the lighting or did they take someone's head and swap it for someone else's head? We're gonna know that. On one hand, I think that it's super ambitious to imagine that every citizen's gonna learn to use this and every camera company and software company is gonna adopt it. On the other hand, PDF. Adobe invented PDF, and now everybody in the world knows what it is and uses it. So what is your 
current expectation of its ultimate adoption? Yeah, we're very optimistic. I mean, Adobe, as, as you mentioned, we're the world's leading creative company, right? We have millions of users who use tools like Photoshop every single day. So we have global reach, but this is not an Adobe solution only. At this moment, Adobe apps like Photoshop and Behance already have content credentials features up and running. I realize that you're not seeing that little lowercase i in a circle on social media yet. As 2023 gets underway, all of this is still in beta testing. But when we spoke late in 2022, Dana Rao said we won't have to wait long. The very first step was getting this into Photoshop and getting working code into Photoshop. So we've passed that milestone. So I think next year is a big year. I sure hope so. Because as Microsoft's Eric Horvitz points out, within five or 10 years, if we don't have this technology, most of what people will be seeing, or quite a lot of it, will be synthetic. We won't be able to tell the difference. I should also stick the silver bullet disclaimer in here. Content credentials could be a huge step in shutting down those misinformation slime balls, but the experts don't think technology will solve the deepfakes problem in one shot. It's not going to be one answer. Mm -hmm. Let me just say that we have to do many things. We have to think through media education, literacy, skepticism, understanding technologies like this technology we're talking about. In other words, we have to start upgrading our baloney detectors. It's also going to be uh, governments. I served on a committee called the National Security Commission on AI, where we actually talked about this. But now there's a bill in, in Congress, a uh, bipartisan bill, um, introduced by Senator Peters and Portman, called the Deep Fake and Provenance Act. And so this bill, it will call for a task force to study, well, what's the government's approach to this? But in the end, Dana Rao thinks they might actually pull off something that people once thought was impossible, eliminating the threat of a deep fake reign of terror. We really feel the momentum is, is forward and, and confident that this will work because it's the right solution. It's the solution we need. And there's no turning back. Microsoft's Eric Horvitz, too. Wow, so this thing could work. I think it has a chance of making a dent, uh, potentially a big dent in this challenge of our time. Well, here's to content credentials, big tech doing the right thing, and making big dents in big problems. This podcast is a joint venture of Simon & Schuster and CBS News, and it's produced by PRX Productions. For Simon & Schuster, the executive producers are Richard Rohrer and Chris Lynch. The PRX production team is Jocelyn Gonzalez, Morgan Flannery, Pedro Rafael Rosado, and Morgan Church. Jesse Nelson composed the Unsung Science theme music. Our fact checker is Christina Ribello, and Olivia Noble fixed the transcripts. For more of my stuff, visit davidpogue.com or follow me on Twitter, at Pogue. That's P-O-G-U-E. We'd love it if you'd like and subscribe to Unsung Science wherever you get your podcasts. And spread the word, will you? It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. 
two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.